Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. There it is. We're doing it. Oh my goodness, we're doing it. This one is going to be one for the record books. I can't wait to introduce my guest today. I'm excited to chat with her. We've had to reschedule and all that did is made me want to chat with her that much more. I can't wait to get into it. The topics we're going to talk about. Um, She's an absolute badass because she is both attorney and storyteller, podcast host, podcast like wizard and maven and all the things, part marketer. But she also really just enjoys digging into the facts and assessing risk and, and helping people and helping companies. In, in a past life, has been a white-collar crime investigator, uh, an associate at a giant law firm, but really the host of No Straight Path, a HubSpot podcast network show. Ashley Mendez Babatunde, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Casey, for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yes, been waiting to chat with you as well, so I'm excited too. You just do all the things. I don't know how you find time to do any of the things because you're literally, you've got law, you've got podcast, HubSpot's backing you on that. You've got all these things going on. How do you do it? That's a great question. You know what? I was not doing it well uh, for quite some time because- (laughs) That's the real answer, right? (laughs) To be honest, there was a period of imbalance. And so I was working on the podcast. I was practicing law at a big law firm, doing my white collar investigations work. I was planning my wedding. My husband and I had our pandemic wedding. We had a wedding before, but we finally had our wedding this year. And so there was a lot going on for the first half of 2022. And fortunately, I was able to get a sabbatical from my law firm. So I pitched a sabbatical to them, talked to them about the work I was doing on my podcast, the work with HubSpot. And they said they heard the passion in my voice. I advocated for myself. I used my little attorney skills for myself for the first time. And it all worked out. And so now I am just focusing on the podcast creation, the storytelling, the writing right now. And that's been so much fun. Love that you get to focus on something that you're truly passionate about. So with that, let me ask you the question that starts this whole thing off. Ashley, could you pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast? Absolutely. So for my show specifically, it is finding guests with inspiring stories that fits the theme of my podcast. And my podcast looks at the human stories behind success. So we're looking at the stories that can feel lonely. That's pivots, that's setbacks, that's pain points, challenges, the doubts, the thought process behind it, finding purpose. We're all going through it, but people don't often talk about it. And usually there's non-traditional paths I'm looking at, people who have inspiring stories and people who are also very reflective about their journeys who can share great advice. I like to say that it's twofold. It's the heart work and the mind work. And so the heart work is basically, I want people to feel inspired and like, I want their hearts to actually warm. (laughs) I want to be a professional heart warmer after they hear the story. But simultaneously, I want people to learn something really new and interesting. And I have a lot of curious listeners and take that practical advice and apply it in their own life. Please, please, please. When you make your next business card, please put professional heart warmer. (laughs) on there. That would be so cool. And also mind something. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. Can you, let's, let's kind of like dive into each one of those things, the heart work and then the mind work on the heart work side. How do you find, does everyone have a story like this? Are they unicorns? How do you know that your guest is someone that can, you know, provide that kind of reflective self, you know, examining story that just warms the heart? Yeah. So there are a few ways. The first is starting with guests that you know. I think that's just 
an easy first step. That's how I started my podcast. I started with friends. So I knew their stories. I understood the way that they would reflect upon their lives, how they articulate their stories. And so I had a good sense of how they would show up in a podcast interview. And that's been really great. I think that it's also important to stay connected to social media platforms and other media platforms where you can get a sense of someone's story. So what's so great about now, because when I came up with the idea for the podcast, what was it, maybe four or five years ago, less people were open on social media about personal stories, but now you're even seeing it on LinkedIn. They're talking more about their setbacks and challenges. We unfortunately have layoffs you know, happening in the tech industry. And so people are sharing their stories. And so it's a good way to keep a mental note or actually take notes. I'll go through LinkedIn and say, oh, this, I might know this person. And so that's actually how I got two guests. I saw that they had really interesting stories. And I went on LinkedIn and I thought, okay, we've got to have some mutual friends. And right. so we did. And so then I called that mutual friend, text that mutual friend. And then I had two guests that way. And the third thing I would say is you also need to be open to guest pitches and you can listen to their work. The guest pitches are usually people who have established brands. They have a story to tell. They've been putting the work in to share their story. Perhaps they have a book coming out, a framework. And so that's also something to stay open to and possibly include in your podcast to get that heart work, that inspirational story. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it actually puts the people that get pitched into a better light. Sometimes I think the people that get pitched are kind of like, you know, like, I don't know, but you're right. If, if it is the if it's the good ones, right. they, to your point, put the time into thinking about how to tell their story because it's not easy to necessarily tell your story in a cohesive manner. Do you yeah. what what mix do you have of like professional storyteller versus just person who has that raw and then it, what what, yeah. what percent breakdown do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. I try to do 50-50. I try to wow. do 50% emerging voices and 50% kind of established brand voices. I actually recently talked with a listener and she said one thing she liked about my podcast is that I'm she's hearing novel insights. She's can tell these people aren't coached. They're really just sharing their journeys. And so these are people who have done interesting things. I have one friend in particular who I interviewed, Kristen Turner, and she is a political strategist speaker, but she hasn't really been sharing her personal story. She has an interesting story because we went to law school together at Harvard. And instead of taking the M&A tech job, that she had right out of law school and doing what all of us did, get that fancy big law firm salary and go off and make that money, work those hours and essentially do the things that any everyone in her peer group was doing. It didn't feel right. And she turned down the job and went in a completely different direction. And so she's graduating from Harvard Law School without a job. And that can wow. feel really lonely. And even though she hadn't shared that story, I felt like other people had been in similar positions, perhaps not the same position, but where your peers are doing one thing and you're doing the opposite because it doesn't feel right. And she's very reflective. And I said, you know what? You got to come and share your story. Please do it. And so it took a little bit of convincing, but I got so much feedback mm -hmm. from that, positive feedback from yeah. that episode. And so I do think it's important to work with the emerging creators. The other thing or emerging voices, the other thing is that Kristen is a born speaker. So it was easy. I didn't have to coach her. There are other people. I have uh, guests coming up and they've never done a podcast. And we did a, a really nice prep call and it was great. And I think what I'll probably do with them, because I understand they're not public speakers, but I think they have a really interesting story. They pivoted from nursing and police officer work to photography to photography business wow. that is doing amazing. They're my wedding photographer and they were just <laughs> incredible. I, I was like, no, you guys have an amazing story. You got to come on my podcast. Yeah. And so what I'll probably do there, because I think it's an important story is add some more voiceovers is play with the storytelling. You know, I can add in parts. I do a lot of voiceovers to help with the trajectory of the story to make sure that it's cohesive because I do think their story needs to be told. Is it going to be a little bit more work on my end? Absolutely. So you just put that in the schedule. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Block off a little more time for it. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. You know, 
can you tell me how do you mentally approach the idea of placing in a voiceover? Is, is it when the conversation's getting a little off track, you kind of hop in there and you're almost like the fairy godmother in, your, in someone's head saying, okay, this is where we're going. Or how do you, how do you picture that happening? Yeah, that's a great question. I haven't thought much about it. You, you know, just kind of do things, it and it just feels yeah, right. And, you know, yeah. some things exactly, they just kind of yeah. come natural. Uh, I was, I think as an attorney, I'm certainly a storyteller and I was a writer in college and it's a small thing, but I wrote a lot of feature stories for the Stanford mm-hmm. Daily when I was in college and I told people stories. And so I think that I insert a voiceover to, you know what? This is great. I love this question. Thank you. Now, now I'm thinking of the process, what I do. I think yeah. what I do is that I link the story together. So I try to make sure that the most important, valuable part is heard by the actual guest, that the guest tells their story and they tell like the really meaty part. But to get to point A to B to C, I'm going to be the link. And that's how I use the voiceovers. This is the first time I've heard this kind of solution. And, and actually, it was going to be one of my questions because when you mentioned some, some of the value that people really enjoyed was that your guest was uncoached. But mm-hmm. man, is that dangerous because I've had guests, if they're uncoached or just not, maybe not good storytellers, and I didn't know to tell them this in the prep call, yeah. you know, when I asked them to tell me a story, people aren't really like TED talk prepared usually. So right. it's like, well, let me take you back 19 years ago. And, <laughs> and it's like, uh, where's this going? And I remember hearing a friend's podcast and, and he asked this question and didn't really control anything. So it turned into this like 20 minute diatribe Ramble, that maybe yeah. not very generous to say, but like it turned into this thing. It's like, they're, and they bury their own lead and they're not really getting to it. So, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's cool about this is you're the link. So even if they do go off on that tangent and all these crazy things, maybe a little bit more editing, a little bit more you providing links. But what I heard though, is that you let them be the one that says that critical part. Yes. Yes. Wow. That is the goal. (laughs) Now we just need a name for whatever this is. (laughs) I know. Storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Story linking. (laughs) Story link editing. I don't know, but it's it's great. Um, and so, so you do, it sounds like you do prep. Do you do a prep call every time? Do you sometimes just with mm-hmm. the uncoached folks? What's your approach? Yeah. So usually with the uncoached people, I do a prep call and I just started that. You actually inspired me. So thank you. Cause what I was totally. doing before was providing a pretty long write-up of just what the podcast was about, because actually the first guest who signed on, I didn't even have a podcast yet. Right. And so I, they had nothing to go on. So I had to kind of put the description in there, put some of the questions. So I still do that, do logistics, quiet room, headphones, if possible, things like that. I also add a vulnerability note. I think the difference between my podcast and other career podcasts is that I really think vulnerability and honesty is important in telling the best stories, especially if we want to get to that heart work. It's right. certainly, there's no pressure to do it, but I want to let people know that there is a safe space. So we can talk about the grief, the loss, the divorce, the depression, the imposter syndrome, all of those things while you're navigating your career. Because the thing is, when you're navigating your career, you're also navigating your life. Right. And that can affect the way that you show up in your career. And so I think it's important to tell those stories. And actually it is linked to the way that the story, the actual inspiration for my story and the work I was doing is also tied to an even more personal thing for me. Like this was a passion project for me and I was working on it in 2020 for fun. In 2018, I wrote the blog post about failing the bar exam and I wanted to inspire others because the journey felt lonely. And then I, so that was a personal story and that's a vulnerable thing to tell. And then that did well. And I thought, okay, I need to put out a podcast that tells these stories. And I did it in 2020, just started brainstorming and working with my mom on it. And then unfortunately she got sick with cancer. And so Mm -hmm. after she passed away in 2021, a year later, 
I put out the podcast teaser on her birthday to honor her. And so it was this beautiful thing. And then I got the deal with podcast with HubSpot three weeks later. And it's just that the meaning behind that, it makes the story richer. And I know it's hard to share. And so I don't pressure people, but it's something that's really important. So I try to do prep calls also with people if I know that we're going to be tackling some tougher issues just to make sure that they're okay with that. Love the, the the space you're creating and also the mission and the passion that fuses into this show. It's not like you're reading a teleprompter, you know, on, on like a news channel. This is yeah. this means something to you. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that vulnerability note. It sounds like it in, helps inspire or get them started understanding this is a good place to share these stories. But how, I mean, do you like have a paragraph that like encourages them to do that? Or tell me more about what it says and how you encourage people to go to that place that maybe they've been trying to avoid. Yeah. So exactly. I have a vulnerability note where I say that this is unlike other career podcasts where we would love vulnerability and honesty. And then I say all the things we've discussed thus far, and that's the grief, the loss, the setbacks, the failure, the job loss, all of those things. And that you it, you should feel like it's a safe space for you to share, but there's also no pressure. Right. I just, because I don't want people to feel, you know, not everybody wants to go certain places. I've had some people who have had health issues, you know, navigating a really high powered career and you might have a chronic illness. Sharing that can inspire and help other people. But yeah. I have one friend who has shared it and I have one friend who has not. Yeah. Totally makes sense. I completely understand, but I want to give them that space just in case because. The reason why I wanted to put this podcast out there is because I want to help people feel less lonely. And sometimes the most vulnerable things that happen in our lives, the most challenging things that happen in our lives are the things that make us feel lonely. Even though we go through them, we don't talk about them. Right. And what's crazy is that you feel, it makes you feel lonely, but had you only shared that uh, or listened to your podcast, you'd realize every single person is probably battling some kind of moment like that or thinking about it as you're walking to the store right this very moment, right? And so then you realize it actually joins us all together. It doesn't make us different. It makes us all more similar. Question Mm -hmm. for you though, you were were sharing about the safe space and every time you said it, I thought, but yeah, but is it a safe space? Like maybe you're not going to make fun of them, but like people are going to hear this. That's a good point. How do you balance it? Do you do you tell them you're going to edit it? And you know, hey, if you if you go too far, you can always chop it out. Or I mean what does safe space mean to you in the term of the podcast? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. I certainly edit it in a way that will always portray my guests in a positive light. I do think though, that they are sharing positive stories, right? But if there is something I even say, because we, I had one guest and she got emotional and I said, do you want me to take this out? You don't, because she's crying on it. And then she said, no, you know what? She's like, I never answered this question. Keep it in. And I was like, okay, very interesting. So I I do ask, I definitely ask, but I don't think anything that people share, I don't know, would, unless people, I guess the internet people are so mean, but I, we haven't, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of toxicity out there. So anytime you do share anything personal, you open yourself up to that. And so that's why I also say, you know, you don't have to share if you don't want to. But at least the audience I have thus far is a very like inspired, kind audience. So you're really getting positive feedback. And I'm getting people saying, this really resonated with me. Thank you for doing this work. I know as I grow and get larger, there will be the trolls and things of that nature. And so I might need to add an extra note in there under the vulnerability note. So that's a good point. You know, but I, I can totally see the, the prep call. And that's really cool that you're, you're doing that now because we had a chance to have a prep call. And Mm -hmm. frankly, after talking to you for like an hour, maybe combined, I would tell you anything, right? So there's something about you as a, as a host that also not not only you stating this, but something about you, I think that helps make people feel comfortable to share these things. But honestly, as soon as they share them, they get off their chest. I mean, probably a world of a difference. I mean, it doesn't fix anything instantly, but it feels good Mm -hmm. to sometimes get it off your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're nothing but compliments today. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love this show. Thank you, Casey. You're so great. <laughs> you know what? Just you just clip it and keep playing it. Should you need any positive reinforcement, you know? Um, <laughs> tell me about tell me about the on the prep. Do you what do you and what you had some stuff in, in documents now as you shifted doing a prep call? There's certain things you like to accomplish on that. What does it look like? Yeah. So I go through because sometimes people are busy really busy. And so I just ask if they've read the document or do we just want to walk through it? So that's usually what I do. I give them the overview of the show, things that I'd like to touch on. It depends on their story because I usually pick someone and I tell them, this is a story I think I want to tell because of everything that I know about you. Yeah. What do you think? And they say, perfect. They say, oh yeah, but can we add this? This is also what we're doing. Great. Mm -hmm. So I also want to make sure that I'm sharing the things that they want to to share. And so it's really a time. It's not very, um, it's not a very long agenda, (laughs) not a long task list, not my, like my attorney life. So I have like three or four things that I go through and it really starts with overview questions I can answer. And then any logistical things, you know, quiet room, lighting, things of that nature. Yeah, that makes sense. And it actually is a perfect segue. I love this. When you get two podcasters together, then segues just sort of flow out of everywhere. The, yes. the next thing I want to talk about was the, the the mind work, right? So we've talked about the heart work and and you want to make sure you're conveying things that they want to convey um, and you're mm-hmm. listening for the heart side and you're you're sensing for it. Tell me about the other half of the equation. Yeah, that's great. And that's For the people who I feel like have such good practical advice and great advice for people for as they navigate life and career and these challenging times. And I think that not everybody wants to open up, do the hard work, or not everyone has like had that reflection, but they've done amazing things and they have great business advice. And so I like to highlight that as as well. So I try to ask both questions, but on that prep call, I get with the guest and I'm like, okay, great. This person's probably going to be more of like the mind work, the practical advice, the whatever it may be. And one example I have is Jason Bay. He's in the HubSpot podcast network with me. And he's a really reflective entrepreneur, young entrepreneur in sales. And he just had so many gems and he's very well read. So he was mm. going back and forth between various business owners. He reads a lot of entrepreneurial stories and books, which is certainly a blind spot for me that I'm learning. I read a lot of memoirs and sure. storyteller. So mm-hmm. he has a lot of the practical advice and I got great feedback from his episode and learned so much. And yeah, so it tends to be a mix. I don't want to gender it. But I've noticed that the men like the practical advice a little bit more, and the women tend to be a little bit more open to sharing the heart work. And so I'm trying to get a mix of that. And sure. yeah, there's probably some societal reinforcement that just says like, "Oh, get the takeaway." Um, yes, and probably everyone needs a little bit of everything. Um, we just need to. You sounds like you you started to sense that I need to maybe encourage some of these guests to go here um, and not, you know, they're fine over there. Like you'll, you'll have takeaways for days, but how did that make you feel, you know, as opposed to you've got feelings for days. What did you learn from that? You know, what were your takeaways? It's it's like a balance, the two sides. It is, it is a balance. It is really interesting. And it, the man that actually did open up the most was, is a psychiatrist. So it made sense. So (laughs) that's what he (laughs) I think, you know, even psychiatrists need a little counseling themselves and need to get stuff off their chest. So uh, I can totally see that uh, being both smart and I mean, God, just listening to people all day. I guess that's what we do. Right. So, oh man, who would ever be a psychologist or a psychiatrist? But, and again, what, what our podcast hosts in an interview format, right? We That's true. Yeah. But we're talking to people about, I don't know their true, story. True. Yeah. It's a little bit lighter and up. <laughs> They're taking a like. level yeah. down, right? Where it's like things you're not even going to say on a podcast. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, went, I remember one time I did have a guest share with me that on the podcast, mm-hmm. when it came to his story, he had mentioned, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I used to be a chef in Miami and I was addicted to cocaine, you know, and then oh, wow. 
he almost died because he came into work high, burned himself in the fry later. And then in the hospital, they showed him an x-ray and he thought it was like a tumor, but actually it was, his heart was enlarged from the drugs. And it, that was his like turning point moment where he went home and the whole time, this is the first, I wasn't ready for this. So as he was telling me this, I just thought, God, are we editing this stuff out? Like he just, he just said he'd been addicted to cocaine on a podcast live in front of people, you know, maybe myself and my mom who listens, maybe no one else listens, but it's out there. Right. Yeah. So it's like, do you want me to cut that? And he, had, he said, no, no, that's part of my story. And, mm. and there's a, there's a better ending to it. How, how do you, how do you stay or like, how do you handle those, those heart moments? Um, when, when those sort of come out, when people share these things with you? Yeah. You know, I feel like usually we've talked about it and so I know it's coming and so I'm able to handle it, but I actually had a recent one where I, I don't know if I handled it well. Uh, I understood what she had gone through because we'd gone through a similar thing. And so that's why I said, oh, oh, oh I'm so, I didn't, I kind of, oh, oh, you know, hesitant. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to cut this? And, but I just kind of let her go, like let her get the emotion out. And I said, whatever you need from me, we can keep talking about it. We can pivot. We'll, we'll edit, we'll cut whatever you want. And then it led to this beautiful moment where she ended up sharing a poem that she had never never shared on a podcast. And so, but yeah, my initial reaction was one of surprise because I wasn't, I didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. And so probably similar to the way that you reacted, like, wait, are we keeping this in? What do we do? What do we? So I think the best thing is just, just ask the guest. You want the guest to be comfortable. It's great when they're sharing their story and they're sharing vulnerable parts of who they are. That is a huge blessing. And I don't take that lightly that they're coming on my show. It is a responsibility that I have. So I want to make my best effort to make sure that they're comfortable and that we only include what they're comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you've done anything wrong and I'll, I'll go first Yeah, (laughs) because I think people can learn. I'm kind of a caveman. So (laughs) you don't do what I don't do. Um, (laughs) So someone shared a really powerful story the other day on my marketing podcast, Mm -hmm. which is different. Um, And I knew he had a hard stop at the top of the hour. And so after sharing this really powerful moment, there's some wows and some that, you know, that was powerful. Maybe even a line talking about how that tied in. Right. But then I had to keep it moving. And so I asked the next section of the podcast, which is where could people connect with you? Um, mm-hmm. And my team ragged me a little bit because it, it, to them, maybe in my own brain, I, I paused a while, but to them, it sounded like, oh man, wow. You know, and that was pretty powerful. Okay. Hey, where could people connect with you? Like almost like I had jumped over to the next thing. And I don't know, have you had any moments like that? Or have you had any moments where you didn't quite handle the the heart work the way you wanted to? Yeah. I don't, you know, what's so interesting because I don't, it's just me and I don't have a team, perhaps I have a blind spot and I just think I'm great. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I handled it so great. You know, I think with time, I will probably make some mistakes with it. I think it's a little bit different because most of my guests have been guests that I know. Do you know? And so there's already that level of comfort. And so yeah. there's not, but I do. Oh yes. No, I have one. My first sure. episode, first episode with my friend, but she was telling a story about how she changed her mindset. She's a CEO of a nonprofit and she was gone a lot, you know, very overachiever, traveling a lot, speaking events. And her regret is that she wasn't around for her family. She didn't go go back home enough. And when her grandmother passed away, she had regret. And mm. she said she's changed the way that she moves in the world and the way that she lives, which is very admirable. And I remember, I don't know if it was the way that I edited it, but like I said, oh yeah, I'm so sorry. That's one regret I don't have. Like I said, something like... <laughs> I was like, oh crap, thank God she's my friend. But I, I, was, I don't know. Edit that hardcore. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds, it does, it sounds insensitive. I think the way right. the editing turned out, it was very, you new. weren't, you just, the way it sounded, maybe that. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just something I was very mindful of. I've been, I've also an overachiever. I work a lot. I've worked a lot. But the one thing I can say, not the one thing, but one of the things I can say I'm proud of is I've always showed up for my family. When my mom was sick, my grandmother passed away a couple of months ago. I was there. Cousin wants to go to Disneyland. I hate Disneyland. Like, oh, I shouldn't say that, but (laughs) I don't love Disneyland. Disney World, but you have standards. That's all. (laughs) I like Disneyland, but it's not my favorite. But we're going to show up for our 30th birthday. I feel like I prioritize my family very well. Yeah. And, uh, and so it kind of came out in juxtaposition to what she was saying and her regrets. And so it sounded insensitive. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, did you edit that out? <laughs> and how much do you edit out? Yeah. I don't think I edited it out because it just, I, I was new. It was my first episode. I was still figuring out what I was doing. Thankfully, I mean, I, don't, I should probably go back and listen to it, see how bad it's. I was going to ask you that but... <laughs> too. Do you do you ever listen to your your own episodes? I do, I do. do. Yes, we have a coach with the HubSpot Podcast Network, and one thing that she does recommend, which is great, is she's great, and she recommends that we listen to our episodes, listen to where we are bored, where we're past, you know, where it just doesn't feel interesting so that it can inform your next episode. So she really thinks you should study how you do your podcast and improve upon it. So I definitely go back and I listen. And one point of feedback I've gotten is that I've improved over time. Mm. And so I'm thinking, oh, let me go back and see what they're talking about because I don't know what I've been doing differently. So yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Having a coach is so important and listening. I know I've talked to some folks who can't stand to listen to their show. Mm-hmm. And when I have time, I do like to listen to it because, because that's how I've found things like me overusing definitely. That used to be a word I used definitely all the time Yeah. as a response, as a filler where it just was everywhere. And I wouldn't have <laughs> known that because in the moment I was just fine. Though I have definitely caught myself either saying definitely or for sure or something, writing it down on my notes and Xing it out and still saying it as it's right in front of myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be helpful to listen to, to what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I also listen to the podcast because I want to make sure I'm telling a different story. Everyone has a different story, but I want to make sure there's enough diversity in the rhetoric that we are using the things that the lessons we're saying and the lessons that we are uh, portraying in the podcast, because I don't want it to be monotonous and boring and say, oh, you're going to come to this show and hear the same lesson. Like, Yeah. No, tell no. me more about that. Because that definitely sounds like a, a goal and an aim and a focus and a preference yeah. not to be boring. Yeah. No, I want to keep it interesting. I want, so one way to do that is to get guests who do different things. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really nice. So thus far, I've had the nonprofit CEO uh, who basically, it's not like she had a linear path. It's still no straight path, but it's a little bit more linear than others. And she talks more so about her journey to CEO and the thought process behind it. And that's a lonely journey. Not everyone's CEO, right? And then we have the pro football player, my friend from high school turned CW Mm. hit producer. And that's an interesting one. We have trajectory, valedictorian trajectory going towards medical school, medical school, changed to sports writer. Mm. We have the friend who's this accomplished doctor, but he failed the board exam. We have the woman who's had pivots from law to consulting to business to advising entrepreneurs and also has this amazing newsletter about love and compassion and and talks about her creative projects. So I try to get pull up politicians. We have a friend who's a politician. So try to get lots of different stories and that way people stay engaged and interested. And there's something for everyone, a teacher. When I highlighted a teacher, I got a lot of feedback from people in education saying, thank you so much for highlighting teachers here. This work's so important. And yeah, and then the, the entrepreneurs are always in, in the mix because they've always got 
an interesting story. Oh yeah. Like went to school for geology and now they run a tech startup. Like you, you never know. You never know what they're up to. Definitely sounds the level of curation of your guests. is really interesting. Uh, Are you watching videos of that? Like how much time would you say you spend deciding if this person is the next, I know some, some of the most, a lot of them are friends, you know who they are, but for the ones you don't know, how much time would you say you spend on that? That's a good question. I think it's a cumulative process. So it's over time. So I think what I do, the initial step is I just put someone's name down that they, I might see them on social media or someone told me about them just as put it on my list of potential guests. And then I do a bit more research, whether I reach out to them or I look up their profile, but it usually does not take me too much time to know whether or not I want to feature someone on the podcast. Right. Right. Huh. Interesting. I want to shift a little bit, a bit of a pivot, if you will. Yeah. Um, So you're in the middle of your own experience that you examine on your podcast, thinking about careers and experiences and and chasing passions and that kind of thing. Um, What does podcasting do for you? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I love that question. Oh man, it has helped me rediscover my passion for storytelling. I think that I was doing a lot of storytelling in a limited context with it as an attorney and specifically within a more business setting. And this is allowing me to have a more creative outlet. And I just love it. I think there are parts of podcasting that feels like work, but for the most part, it's something that I've decided that I will do continuously for a very long time. I love it. Even if it's not going to get me the lawyer salary right now. If I do this for 10 years, I feel very confident that I can make this a big part of my revenue stream. And I just can see myself doing it for 10 years. I love it. I love what it brings out in me. I think that it helps me hone my interview skills. It also makes me a more reflective person. It makes me a wiser person. I realize I love learning from people. Reading is great, but you know what? As an attorney, I'm tired, tired of reading all the time. Yeah, Having a I conversation, bet. connecting with people, I think it's more aligned with my personality and who I am. And so it's done wonders for me. And I'm just so happy. You know, I wake up every day excited about yeah. my job and what I'm doing. And that's such a great place to be. And I remember talking to someone recently as I was talking about, I'm still figuring out, you know, how am I going to fit my legal career into podcasting? How am I going to figure out the shift completely. Mm -hmm. And my friend said to me, you found out what you love doing. So many people don't even know what that is. It's kind of like the zone of genius. I feel like zone of excellence is certainly being an attorney for me, but that zone of genius, you know, that self-actualization podcasting has done that for me. And it's something that we didn't have, it wasn't a part of my childhood dreams. So I didn't tell you this, but I was, I might've told you that I was this, you know, crazy overachiever. And when I was 10 years old, I wrote that I wanted to go to Harvard, Stanford, and be a lawyer. And I did all of those things. And so I thought it was going to be a linear path. And that's where no straight path came in because I had some pivots and things of that nature. But podcasting wasn't on my list because it didn't exist. Sure. And you just never know what you know, different tech, what technology can do and just as humans, how we can change and create new industries. So I'm um, being long-winded, but it's done wonders for me. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a special thing. It's like a thing. It's a little different than it's more than meets the eye, right? Especially yeah. if, if you're getting these rich stories, like you're getting fed this amazing fuel um, the kind of food that probably not getting, you know, when you're you know doing the late hours at, at a day job, but that it, it's, it's, it's a weird, you mentioned that the self realization and self you know, learning and introspection mm-hmm. and all the things, but when you're getting these heartfelt pivot stories, you can't help, but learn what really goes into, you know, no straight path. Like you, yeah. then you start gaining this knowledge that for sure you're going to be able to then 
teach back to, to people who are you know going through their own situation like that. Yeah, it's so true. And something else that I like to do on the podcast is I ask people about their childhood mm-hmm. because I noticed that when people, and I specifically ask how they grew up, but I also ask about the attributes and characteristics people use to describe them. Because I've noticed that when people are tapping into the childhood qualities that they've always had and the work that they're doing today, those are the most fulfilled and successful people. One example, we have a tech entrepreneur and he was running video game competitions in high school (laughs) out of his house. They had 12 TVs, you know, everybody coming together. And I was like, oh. That makes sense that you would, because we met in law school, but that he was already going to take this non-traditional path because that's the work he was doing. And with podcasting, I realized that in my own story, because in college, I wrote for the Stanford Daily and I wrote this feature story and I was, had only been on the paper for a quarter and I won the best feature award. And what I realized is, and I, cause I love storytelling. And so the best feature actually was about an undocumented friend of mine. I wanted to bring more awareness to the dream act. And that actually was the inspiration for my decision to go to law school. And because I wanted to advocate for people without a voice and then going back there, wait, that moment also could be is tied to the storytelling that I'm doing. That was through yeah. the school paper. And so I'm noticing all these connections and dots in my own life that I've been trying to pull out in the stories that I tell from other, from my guests. Jeez. Um, amazing. Amazing. I <laughs> want to dive into that real quick. I, we could probably, we should chat again. And, you know, if we just break in the action, we'll just have you come back on here. We'll just dive into more podcasting. But you mentioned the yeah. personal question. I don't do that on this show, but on my marketing show, I always like to ask about their childhood and I'll take them back by saying, tell me about little you, like take me back in time to like little. And then I'll say like little Ashley. Right. And you're what you mentioned about it kind of, it shifts the brain and you get out of like, what do I need to pick up at the grocery store today? Or like adult adulting, it kind of shifts off adulting for a second and you get to, you get to hear the real person. And on like a marketing topical podcast, it's always been a, a fresh, a a breath of fresh air to hear that side, because sometimes the technical stuff can repeat itself ad nauseum, whereas the stories seem to be very unique. Yes. Yes. No, that's so true. We actually use the same language then. I say little Casey. You do? Yeah, I do. That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah. It seems like it's like almost like a magic key, I think, saying you know, little Casey, little Ashley, like little person. Cause you don't get that a lot, right? It's almost like a pattern interrupt where you're like a successful CMO at a big company. You're like, tell me about little Tim, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and I, I know I look back on little Casey with like empathy and compassion. Cause I'm like, I know you went through and, mm-hmm. and I, and you're a good guy. And I, and I it, like looking at yourself, also looking at future self, but like looking at younger self, it just, it, there's really something about it. So I feel like that's a gift you give your guests by asking them that. If they haven't thought of little Jen in a while, yeah. th- taking just a moment on a podcast is almost like you giving them a gift back for being on your show. Yeah, I love that. If you don't mind me asking, how does little Casey show up in the work that you're doing today? Yeah, I did magic shows in my neighborhood. Wow. I did magic. And I remember kids coming to the house. There's also a little entrepreneur in there. They say, yeah. can you give us a magic show? And I'd say, go, ba- go back home. Each of you grab a dollar and I'll, and I'll do a magic show for all of you at the same time. Um, or I did kids' <laughs> birthday parties as a clown. Like yeah. Stan's makeup. But I would just walk around and be silly with kids as a kid and do magic. And you know, I always liked sort of the magic aha moment as much as entertaining and teaching and connecting with people. So yeah. you're right. Like I I've pivoted from, you know, the sort of the marketing executive type person to just a podcast nerd and uh, have been <laughs> loving it. And you're so, so interesting. You had said the people that are in that same zone that they were as a kid do better. Really cool. Yeah. Like you could write a whole book on that. You should. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the idea. I'm looking, thinking about different book ideas right now. So yeah, you just come out of this podcast with like 30 to do's. You're like, I can't talk to Casey again for the next like three quarters now. Uh, (laughs) Well, wanted to flip the script just 
a little bit from here, we talked about what's amazing and we can gush about podcasting forever. What is that hard work you mentioned? Sometimes it is work. What is the biggest challenge you have with podcasting? Yeah, for me, it is the editing. It can take quite some time. I outsource a lot of the editing, but I do the editing notes. And like we talked about regarding just the emerging voices and Mm -hmm. people not knowing how to tell their story, even if they have an interesting story, that can take a lot of time. That can take, but I'm so committed to the product that I take the time no matter what. And so I am fortunately in other, I mean, legal tech kind of entrepreneurial groups and a lot of people have podcasts to promote their businesses. And so in that group, they've got all the you know, different AI technology things that you could use to kind of cut down the time. So I'm going to look yeah. into it. But right now, just the way my process is, it takes me a while when I'm trying to tell a specific story, get the voiceover out. So that would be the hardest thing The other thing that's been challenging for me is marketing. I have a lot of marketing support, so that's been really great, but it is a pivot for me as far as I'm an attorney. So I, yeah, I came in without really the idea of marketing, the idea of being a creator. I didn't really know what a creator was until I was invited to the accelerator. So I really had to learn quickly. And so it's been a steep learning curve. I think I, I understand it now, which is great. The process of marketing is not my favorite, I will say. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. It's fascinating. Um, I think the challenges are just as interesting as what what is working, right? What is working? What's not working? Mm-hmm. Um, if we chat again, say 50 episodes from now, which mm-hmm. is sort of a normal calendar year of podcasting, uh, what do you want your show to look like? Can really be anything 50 episodes from now. We chat again, hopefully not waiting 50 episodes to to check in, but let's say we chat again after 50. What does it look like? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it's always evolving. I want to tell the best story. So I think in 50 episodes from now, I would love every episode to be amazing, to be great for for it to resonate with so many people for, you know, I, I'm just very, I don't have big dreams for everything that I do. I can't help it. And so I wanted to be one of the best podcasts out there for storytelling. I specifically want to be known as a storyteller. And I want people to leave, like we said, with the heart and the mind work. And because we're centering humanity, I feel like most people can get something from it. So I would love the audience to be broad. Yeah. A bit of a takeaway for me is that, you know, we talk a lot about interview podcasts and having conversations. I mean, more conversational podcasts. Mm-hmm. But what's really cool too is that while it may be technically an interview or conversation, you're th- really thinking about the end result of being this, this narrative that takes people somewhere and maybe they feel the same feelings that your guest is feeling. Uh, so it's almost like a means to the end. The, the conversation is just the first step in that you want to be able to present this thing that people can listen to and, and go there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. While well, I, I intersperse my reflection. So I do some solo right. episodes as well. So, and okay. so yeah. I want to continue to share my story and help people along the way. And it helps me. It's a reflective, fun process. That's cool. Yeah. yeah uh, I haven't gotten into the solos, but I'm going to. It's a goal yeah. for the, the new year. I'll have to uh, swap some notes on that. Yeah. Where can people get in touch with you? And thankfully, I didn't bring that up after a, like a super sensitive story. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, where, where can they reach out? You know, where can they find the podcast? All the things. Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach out on LinkedIn, Ashley Menzies Babatunde. And I'm on Instagram, No Straight Path, the podcast. And then also on Instagram is Miss Menzies, MS underscore Menzies on Instagram, my personal. And the podcast is most on most platforms. So that's Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, HubSpot Podcast Network. I'm on the website there. So all of my stuff is there as well. And my personal website 
ashleymenzies.com has my blogs too. I haven't talked about that, but I write for fun and it has my podcast as well. So yeah. Love it. We'll put all of that in the show notes so people can just get clicking right on into that. Uh, Definitely check out the podcast, everyone. Definitely follow. This is going to be a podcast to watch. This is going to be one to to see. I, I can't wait to see where you go with it. I mean, I'm really Thank excited you. for you. I feel like you're at just the start. And it's almost like fortunate for me that I've been able to talk to you now before things just blow up even more. And then don't forget, don't forget us little people. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for allowing yeah. me to share my podcast story because I never get to really do this. So it's just been a fun angle to just like nerd out on podcasting. I appreciate it. And it's been so much fun and we should definitely stay in touch. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, I'm super grateful over here. And I know that I learned a million things. And for those listening, if you learn something and I freaking know you do, or no, you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. <laughs> you do, yes. Right? I really do. Um, <laughs> then share this episode with someone, one person, nine people, 3,000 people, whatever. But that's <laughs> thought leadership. It's just getting good information to other people's hands. Maybe there's a podcaster that could really benefit from this, or just thinking about how we could be doing the heart work and the mind work uh, and the different balances that we may have in our podcasts. Um, absolutely amazing. Ashley, thank you again so much. Thank you. All right, everyone. This has been an episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will see you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum.